We here at Sports Best Friends want to begin each episode by acknowledging the Gadigal and Camaragal peoples, the traditional owners of the lands on which we record. We also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you all are listening, always was, always will be. of Sydney, Australia, comes two energetic Aussie commentators. Ben, aka Cardi B, is a budding expert in NBA collectibles and a longtime NBA fantasy sports winner. Big T is a rookie to the whole game, wanting to grow and learn over the season. Join them on their season of exploration here on Sports Best Friends, a member of Brooklyn Netscast Media. Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends, NBA Fandom, a podcast as excited about NBA as sitcoms or are about the odd couple. Seconds, Bryant for the win! I'm T, Views of my own, and I'm recording these views on the Patrick Zoom Ewing hotline. And here with the tip-off with me today is Benjamin Cardi B. How are you, sir? Doing well, thanks. How are you, mate? I'm good. This is obviously... I'm at 200 plus episodes and I still had to do an intro five or six times. So that's a great start for me. Obviously the wonderful world of podcasting means no one else will have heard it. They'll just think that I'm an ultimate pro, but you and I know the dirty secret that I have no idea how to read. Uh, and I'm assuming you, your ability to read and, and whatnot has kept you happy and healthy in your NBA life as preseason ticks along. You're feeling good about the sun's preseason. Uh, yes. I think um, watching games this week, reminded me not to overanalyze these games i must admit there was um there was a few games where i sat down and i was like oh this is really crap to watch but uh it does get better it does get better next week it'll get better um but um sons are good um i think for us we're, we're one and one uh started the season um against the dysfunctional kings but um i i would expect us to lose a game like that just just because that's how we start the season. Um, but they were looking good. The Kings are good. Um, I think for me, the only thing I was a bit bummed about was watching um, Halliburton run around when we could have drafted him last year and it just would have been smooth sailing. Instead, we've got Jalen Smith, who probably won't play any minutes this year, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, that was it was a good start. Um, and then we beat game two was the Lakers. Uh, and um, I love beating the Lakers. Any time that, uh, that uh, they're there. No LeBron, no Westbrook, no Booker for us. Um, but DeAndre Ayton's there. Uh, he had a double-double. He was good. Um, but I think that's the big question mark for us for this season is, is DeAndre Ayton. He's um, contract extension. That's like what all the Phoenix Suns pods are talking about. Um, will they? He wants the max. They don't want to give him the max. He'll get the max. Um, but I don't know when he'll get the max. I'm hoping he gets it before the season starts. Um, so that otherwise that'll just be a distraction. And if that doesn't, if that goes smooth, we'll be the number one seed. That's my, um, <laughs> that's great. That's exciting for you. Now, I that I've never been a Phoenix Suns fan in, uh, in, uh, since, you know, the early nineties. So yeah. I'm pretty excited. Now there's so many things, uh, that I love about my, my new world of the NBA, for example, Obviously, in my normal world of rugby league, there is a salary cap. But in this world, there's like a rookie cap. There's like a, a um, veteran's amount. Like you can get max, max, or you can get... There's whole other tiers within tiers that I just love the the absolute supreme detail that American sports go to, um, which is valid, valid and valuable. I think that there is, there's constant talk in Australian sports about when someone, when you grow a player or they're there for a long time, that they should be or shouldn't be a part of the salary cap. And, and it looks like the NBA is doing that. So your Aiden dude, is he one of these veteran max ones or what, what, which uh, tier is he in? He's on a rookie contract oh, okay. um, and it's due for an extension. So he's due, he can get five, he can get a five year extension right now um, and he wants the max. Uh, and the Suns want to pay him just under the max. But the reality is that if they don't sign him now, 
he can go to free agency, what they call restricted free agency at the end of the oh, year. Oh, yeah, it's another one. Yeah, yeah, another great term. And a team can give him the max and then we just match it. Uh, so... Oh. Well, that's what um, the restricted bit means, is that the team that you're with gets the last chance. We get, we get the chance to say no. Um, oh. And a lot of the time, I, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but there's been a handful of cases where the team hasn't matched. But for the most part, it's sort of testing your value. So... Um, DeAndre probably won't be going anywhere, which is good. Um, and in terms of the uh, the the salary cap, I mean, the salary cap is is as much as you want it to be when you've got rich yeah. owners because they pay a dollar for dollar luxury tax. So if they go over the salary cap, they'll pay the luxury tax. So um, it's a, it's a it's a crazy world. It's a, it's it's salary capped in that it's better than it was before, but it's still quite ridiculous money when we start talking about. It. NBA. I mean, I know a lot about luxury tax because I also listen to Nets podcasts, and they've been talking about that a lot over our preseason, uh, which has been which has been fantastic. Before I get into to my small amount of knowledge that I wouldn't know about that, I also love that you started with uh, we beat Sacramento Kings, but preseason means nothing. And then in the same breath, you're like we beat the Lakers, which is everything. And I just love that we beat the Lakers even if it was in preseason. So I love, <laughs> well, I love the Lakers, that the Lakers victory, man. I've, I've hated the Lakers since I was, you know. Born, I would say born, but it's probably not that that extreme. Um, since the Kobe days, you know, oh, right. uh, Kobe was Kobe was amazing, and he killed us a lot of times. And so, um, yeah, the the Lakers and Suns. There's no there's a beat LA hashtag that, that floats around um, every time we play them. Um, and uh, so the Lakers and the and the Spurs are the other ones that, um, that right. we don't particularly we're not particularly fond of. So that's the rivalries. <laughs> Because I've done a huge amount of homework over this uh, preseason, the I know that the Beat LA thing was invented by Boston fans in that 80s thing when they had a big rivalry thing, which was uh, yeah, just me doing a small flex there. I don't know many things. So I'm going to say anyone I do know, the Nuggets fly out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So um, tell me about your Nets. Okay, so they're 2-0, oh, haven't, haven't lost a game. It's now come um, clear to me that Lakers have lost both games. Anthony Davis mm-hmm. played in our game. Did he play in your game? Because I know you said there was no Bron or Westbrook. Yes, he did. He did. He played, he yeah. played about 20 minutes. Mm. Uh, so we ended up killing them 123-97, which is great. And we beat them on almost every statistic, which I love. Uh, and then the second game was against the Bucks, And I don't know if that's on purpose because it, it was touted that the whole season was really going to be LA's big three versus our big three. And then we had a preseason against them, which I just felt was silly. Like if you're looking at a marketing thing, you don't want to wait, give that that heavyweight boxing thing too early but obviously i mean none of our big three i don't, I don't think played and so it kind of made sense but then we played the bucks who was also the team that like knocked us out um in the playoffs and so uh, again it was just two great teams that i'd love to see us play but it was i just found it weird that we played in the offseason we beat them again um as well i should say not again at brooklyn netcast tweeted uh, this is what the nets first Bucks series would have looked like if Kyrie and harden didn't get hurt i love that Everyone would say preseasons mean nothing until you win, and then everyone finds little bits that you loved about it and you wanted to get over people. It was a pretty close game, and they have they've got a new bloke, Cam Thomas, um, who I'm reading a lot about, who was excellent and and drank. He came in the last two minutes and and scored three really important buckets. One of them um, put us gave us a go ahead one. And at BK Nets World Thirteen tweeted, Cam Thomas is the clutchest player in NBA history. Yes or yes, and that's the other thing I'm loving about. I'm loving about NBA Twitter is one, they have a sense of humor. And two, there is that constant chat of clutch and goat every single day. Every day you go on, someone's saying something about LeBron and how he's a goat, and there's a thousand comments. And then there's someone about MJ, someone about Cobes. Um, and no. I haven't got involved because I don't really, I don't really, first of all, I don't know enough about it. Second of all, I only really know MJ because I lived on the other side of the world. So everything I know about basketball came from that period of time. Um, and so I'm just going to say that he's a goat, but I don't really know. But I just love that this kid in a preseason can hit three buckets, and then already people are making these great claims. He's the clutchest player in NBA history. Uh, is it, uh, the, I think there's one every preseason. Uh, last year it was a guy called um, Taylor Horton Tucker who plays for the Lakers, and oh. uh, he was the he was the he was the guy who was going to you know take take the Lakers through last year, and I, I he he played very sparingly throughout the season, but there's always one. Um, and, and, you know, we'll talk about cards later, but the hype that comes with that is quite amazing. Like everyone wow. goes and picks up their cards and, um, and uh, it, it's, it's phenomenal, man. Like, that's what I love, love about preseason because these guys who are going to get playing 20, 25 minutes a game, we're never going to get that um, in the regular season. So yeah. it's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all about the hype. 
So I've been listening to another fantastic podcast, a glue guys podcast. They, they've been fantastic. Very funny, very uh, knowledgeable blokes about Nets basketball. They could talk to a lot about Cam Thomas because he played summer league, which is again, another great thing that I, that I learned about that the, you can just, NBA doesn't stop. You can just watch it in a different spot, but they have suggested it's probably the best off season the Nets have ever had. And I know that we've only moved from um, not Brooklyn, New, New Jersey recently, but with Lamar or uh, Lamar Aldridge um, coming back and Patty Mills, which is the reason why I'm here moving over, it really does seem like it has been a big off season. Looking at them from a periphery, do you feel like that, that that team does look pretty outrageous? Yeah, I think, uh, and that all happened last year. I think the supporting cast of Aldridge, um, well, Aldridge actually played for them last year and then had the heart condition retired and then came back. Um, they've got Patty who anyone who watched the Olympics is is pretty excited that he's probably going to play a fair few minutes over there. Um, but the Durant, Harden, um, potentially Kyrie, who knows, uh, trio is is pretty un, unbeatable um, if they're healthy and on the court and they don't run into too many dramas. And I'd, I'd say that most most experts at the moment are picking the, the Nets to come out of, of the East. And they were probably last year in the playoffs, they were, you know, a Kevin Durant, big toe away from beating the Bucks when he hit a two, when he should have hit a three. And um, look, they're, they're probably the team to beat. Um, so you, you picked the right um, you picked the right train to jump on, that's for sure, mate. Well, I, I sincerely thank Paddy Mills for doing that at the right time. Um, I watched that. I watched those highlights and saw him hit that bucket and was so excited. And it took me a good 15 seconds to work out that Everyone else was celebrating. The signs in the back even say three, 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 because everyone in the stadium thought he just wanted, except for him. He knew it immediately because he obviously was looking at the referee. And he was he looked crestfallen. I was like, wow, that guy is so ice cold that he can just win that game and just like just get back into defensive shape. And then it slowly dawned on me that he actually hit it too. And oh, it's just that, that was really upsetting. And, and I'm sorry if anyone's listening to this and they already had to live it. Now they're listening to me relive it. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't great. Anything else that's caught your eye across the leg that isn't Suns or Nets related? Um, a couple of things. I think um, one probably couldn't have a podcast about NBA without talking about our mate Ben Simmons at the moment. Mm. Being somewhat um, un-Australian. Uh, I've, <laughs> <laughs> um, I prefer probably not to spend too much of my time talking about him just because I think um, he's in the I don't really care camp and um, wants his money. And so... Um, I'd, I'd hope that in the next couple of weeks that there'll be some resolution there, but it seems like he's going to sit out and and um, and burn a lot of cash. Um, hopefully, not too long, but because um, they won't pay him, right? That's what I heard. The longer he's not there, they've already said like, if you don't play, you don't. We don't pay. Yeah, I think he's going to find like three hundred twenty thousand dollars a game, something crazy. Wow. Um, so uh, a lot of rumors out there. I think we'll hear more this week. Uh, and and. I'd hope that there'll be some resolution, but I mean, this is unprecedented. No one, no one really has ever opted out or want, or, or made it clear that they want out um, mm. four years on a contract. Normally, it's like a Harden did it last year. He wanted out of Houston. They knew that they couldn't keep him the year after, so they traded him. Whereas this is really unprecedented. So that I mean, that's interesting. Um, it's it's part of the news cycle. You know, Philadelphia is a tough place to play. Ben Simmons is finding that out. Um, mm. it's really hardcore. So. I think that's interesting. Um, Before you move on, Ben Simmons, though, um, at Farmod underscore E, and I'm so sorry, Farmod, if I've tweeted this, if I've read that wrong. He did a great uh, NBA tweet that was, everyone drop your favourite, your first favourite player, current favourite player, your GOAT and least favourite player. And at Mario Siegs, who's a great uh, account, he tweet, he said that his favourite, his first favourite player was Ben Simmons, Matisse Tybal, Jordan, and his least favourite is also Ben Simmons. And I just love that you can, it can be his first love and also his least favourite at the moment. Because I think that's a thing echoed by a lot of Australians. So we're quite proud when we do well overseas, particularly in America. And then um, to see him act like this, where he's the, the butt of a lot of jokes and, and the headline of a lot of negative comments, it's, it's mildly embarrassing for all of us, not just, not just for him. Anyway, I interrupted you. What were you going to say about the Bulls? No, I, I think you summed it up very well there. That, all that tweet sums it up. I mean, the guy is polarising. He really is, because you can watch him play and he's, you know, as good as anyone on the court. And then when he doesn't want to be there, he just checks out and he just doesn't. Um, there was a great, there was a great uh, comment that I heard the other day where it was, you know, Giannis can get up there and shoot an air ball. Um, and the next, the next trip down the, the floor, he's going at the basket. He doesn't care. He's going to recover and he's mentally so strong. And 
um, you know, that's the, that's always the take on Ben Simmons is that he's afraid of that moment and mm. he's afraid of what people think of him. And so unless he starts to change that, I think he's, he's never going to be able to be the guy in any team wherever he goes. And so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, I heard Indiana was putting together a package today. Um, you know, that's, it's, a, it's an interesting team that they have. It depends on what they have to give up. But he would be the number one guy there. So can he be the number one guy? That's probably the question. Because uh, mm. I often hear people talk about killer instinct. And it sounds silly. But now when you see that maybe this guy doesn't have it, it all of a sudden makes a lot more sense. Tying um, away from the moments, right? You, yeah. You know, the guys are, you know, they're called clutch for a reason. Like they, yeah. the, the Damien Lillard to honest, who, who isn't afraid to shoot from 30 foot with the game on the line, right? Like that. Yeah. He's just not that guy at the moment. But, you know, things have changed. He's still still young enough to change it. So, we'll see what happens with it. Um, the Bulls. Probably enough, enough about him. Me, yeah. me. Um, I'm sure that most people who don't really follow the basketball still support the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, for sure. Right? It's like from the 90s. I, um, and so, they had a huge offseason. Um, they, they, they swung for the fences early at the end of last year. And didn't make the playoffs, and it was like a huge miss. Um, but they they traded for a guy called Vucevic, who was with Orlando at the time, um, and then they kind of fell off at the end of the season. But during the off season, they went out and signed uh, Lonzo Ball, who's Lamar's oh, yeah. brother um, from from New Orleans. They brought in a guy called Demar Derozan, who played for the Spurs and, and Toronto before that, and was um, is a is a great shooter. Um, and they look great, and they've absolutely killed the two teams that they've played in preseason. Uh, and they're, they're probably playing more of their main guys than the average team is, you know, like as in they've got to, they've got to use preseason to get chemistry, right? Whereas some of the teams are bringing back the same loss so they can give the young guys a chance because they've played okay. last year, but um, they've, been, they've been looking really sharp. So let's see what the first couple of weeks looks like before we say the Bulls are in the playoffs, but they look great. Zach Levine was with the Olympic team. He was amazing. Um, and they and I think what you find when these guys go to the Olympics and they put themselves around some of these players, uh, they come back and they're just, you know, worlds apart. Um, they learn a lot. So I think Zach will probably do that. Um, and then the final thing is, um, for me in preseason, is two players. There's always, uh, I mentioned it before, there's always the hype, right? Like, oh, who's this guy, you know? And, and um, so one is June, um, Jordan Poole, uh, who plays at Golden State. Um, he's been working out the summer with Clay Thompson, learning how to, learning how he shoots and his work ethic and he's come in and dropped like 30 in two games and he's oh, wow. the guy. Um, so everyone's after him. Um, everyone's everyone's going back through the basketball cards and checking if they have a Jordan Poole card so they can put it on eBay. Hilarious. <laughs> and, and as I said, it happens all the time. And then the other guy is um, a guy called Tyler Hero who I'm not a massive fan of. But oh. um, was great in the bubble uh, a season and a half ago. Um, and kind of went missing last year, and he's been great in preseason. So um, if he if he's as good as he has been in preseason, the, the Heat are really they're probably not in the Brooklyn Milwaukee tier in terms of challenging for the East, but they're they're right underneath with Kyle Lowry coming in and and then Butler already being there. They have a anyone who's followed um, the Heat know they have this Heat culture thing. They do um, they do um, the pinch test apparently when you get there like just to make sure that your, your body fat is in line with the heat culture and mm. um, they're pretty regimented, but I reckon they'll have a good year as well. So um, they're probably the couple of things that have really, really grabbed my attention. Um, I haven't watched as much as I would like uh, the last couple of days, but next week I'm in. So I have more, 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 more bits for sure. It, it's been harder to watch them as well. They're not, it's not as easy in Australia to watch those like on our normal paper things that will have heaps of NBA. They didn't, I don't think I had any preseason. So all of that I had to watch was, was on the socials. Um, and speaking just quickly of the socials before we move off them, did you see, you mentioned the Sacramento Kings a hundred minutes ago. Did you see that they had a tweet out that said, if you're a part of this tweet, we'll follow you? Because that was the most <laughs> bizarre thing. I immediately knew that they were not a team doing well last year or this year. I haven't, I haven't checked. I just assumed immediately. If that's the kind of tweet you're putting up, it's fantastic for community and morale. But it just felt like that's not something the Lakers or uh, or the Nets were going to do. <laughs> yeah, and also, annoyingly, I wrote them going, "This is really great of you. I'd love that," and they never followed me, so they can get in a bit. <laughs> so it's false promises too. <laughs> that sounds like a Sacramento thing. But... <laughs> Jordan, open Chicago with the lead.
So let's do fantasy. Now, normally we'd go, uh, we, maybe next week we'll go through our teams and have a look at how we went. Um, but this week, let's just talk about kind of not what they are, because anyone listening to this already knows what they are. But I mean, I, I have a vague idea. I had a, a vague premise during fantasy things with, um, with Australian sports, but had never done one with this volume of players um, with, with such a range of people who knew a huge amount about um, the NBA and people who knew even less than I did. Um, and so that it's in itself was fantastic watching. I knew lots of names on the board, one from playing 2k recently and really enjoying it, which is how I knew Marcus DeRozan because I was drafted to the Raptors maybe four years ago and DeRozan really helped me out a lot of the times. Um, <laughs> same with Siakam. Uh, that guy's name just pops into my head all the time. I've, I don't, does he still play for the Raptors? I don't even know. Yeah, he's their, he's their number one, yeah. Well, okay. Well, he, he would often save me when I'd give some terrible, uh, some terrible pass. Somehow Siakam would save that situation. Anyway, so there were heaps of names that I knew from the draft and then I did some uh, research where I looked at a couple of different websites just to try and get a vague idea of who they liked. I did, similar to, I don't know if you remember when you and I did a rugby league when I had a, the, the fold-out flip book thing and I had all the positions out and I tried to get a list of names of every position that I'd want times the amount of people who were there in the draft so that at the very least I was going to find someone on my list and not just start randomly searching for names or positions. And so that, that aspect of it was really fun. However, um, even though it only has five positions instead of well, no, I think I ended up drafting maybe 13 people. But yeah, in the 12, rugby league ones we've done, yeah. was it 12? 12 to 15, depending yeah, on the league. somewhere like that. And so it's still less than I would normally do for rugby league. But still, there was just thousands of names and, and so many things were so hard to keep track of uh, and to keep track of really who I wanted next and who was, was my center strong enough or what did I, you know, was I pitching too hard with my forwards and... It, was, it would have been much easier to do if I had a better understanding of the game. But I also knew the more I knew about what I was doing, the more I would also know that someone else is doing better. So at the moment, I was just looking at everyone's screens going, okay, great. I don't know. You have two names that I recognize or three names that I recognize. But the next four you've got, I don't know who they are. So I don't know if I'm doing a better job than you or not yet. Um, but it was, still, it was still fun. The guy in there who was the most experienced, we finished, and he said that was the fastest draft I've ever done. And I didn't know if that was good or bad. And I wanted to ask you, do you think an extremely fast draft shows that everyone knows nothing of what they're doing? Or do you think it means that everyone's feeling pretty confident in there? Uh, so, I mean, to give everyone some background, um, I'm in a pretty serious league. Uh, we, have, we have a constitution. Uh, we're, in, we're, about to go into, we're about to go into year 12 um, of... Of fantasy basketball and and um, mostly the same core. I think for the last five or six years we've had the same same team owners. Um, we have people overseas who have lived in Australia and then moved overseas and still continue to be part of it. So um, I would say that uh, our drafts usually go for sort of four hours. When oh we wow! Um, so it's it's um, it's twelve people on laptops, um, very well researched. Um, I my draft is next Saturday. Um, I'll spend most of this week just doing prep for the draft <laughs> and it's not even for the money, right? There's obviously cash involved. I mean, full, full disclosure, we, we play for money, but um, it's really about the, the, um, the, the, the kudos that come with winning. And, and, and for, for me, the worst part is 12 years. I think I've had four thirds, four seconds. And yes. the only year I ever won was the year they canceled the comp and I won by default because I oh. was the highest placed um, so I haven't won yet. So I don't know if I'm, I don't know if that helps my credibility or not, but to, to answer your question, um, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So the longer it takes, it's, it's, it's really people uh, thinking about scenarios and they're looking at the team that actually were able to draft and who complements the top of what they've already drafted. Oh so. yeah, that didn't happen at all. Hey, this, <laughs> this would have been, and now think about it. Our rugby league one also went for maybe three, four hours. We were at a pub, we had pieces of paper up on the wall. It took a long yeah. time and that still felt, kind of fast but now this one was probably an hour maybe less and it was and <laughs> everyone was doing everyone was doing it live it's not like anyone had a computer where the editor already was just generating for them everyone was there but it was very much like i think a lot of people were just like the computer won't do it for me but i can see that it's telling me these three are the best ones and so i'll just take that one that's a position i need um are you 
do you want to? So your league is on Yahoo. Yahoo and then, are you playing head to head, or is it? Um, so do you know the detail of it? Yeah, we're doing weekly. I set it up, which also shows you how um, how terrible this thing's going to be. That I'm the one running it, but I'm the commissioner. But the it's weekly because I just couldn't get. I just didn't want to commit people um, to try and do it with games day to day. Um, I tried to even do a tipping one once and just trying to keep on top of my tipping. Uh, you, it was so easy to slip. So it's weekly, head to head. It's done by um, points um, because the expert in it was like, oh, wow, we're doing it this way this time. We've never done it this way. That'll be fun. So I don't know if he was being sarcastic or if he was genuinely like, wow, this is really amateur hour and I can't wait to, you know, shark you guys. This is going to be so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Before even drafting you, he was going to win. But the, yeah, so, you know, it's it's a normal thing where you, the, Points is a point. Rebounds is like two points. I think offensive rebounds, I made three points. Um, errors are minus two. Small things like that. And so then you go, yeah, head-to-head each week. Um, and Which I'm excited about. I, my biggest problem is obviously going to be injuries and keeping on top of um, yeah. just news. And so I'm really going to use you to, to tell me, like, when I say here's my lineup and this is what I'm trying to do, you should be hopefully saying, have you heard about, who was your bloke before? Tool, Jordan Poole. Jordan Pools, you know how I said he was crazy at the beginning of preseason. He's still great now. Go and pick him up. Then I'll be able to do that. Now, hopefully, also anyone listening to this um, podcast isn't also in our fantasy league because then they'll also kibosh that or block that. I want to ask for a trade. They're going to go, no, no, no. I know what you're doing, but uh, yeah. What so, what so uh, to give you to give you a, we play in a daily. Um, if I wait until the games are finished at the end of the day, I've missed the pickup, right? Because everyone is so on top of. Wow, in our league, um, and uh, and it, so it's it's very um, very intense. I think the best way to look at fantasy is um, draft your team, um, really watch it for the first two weeks, and just see who are the guys that are playing more minutes or who've moved into a starting lineup. Like just try and keep it ahead of um, the what they call the depth charts. So if that person wasn't scheduled to start as the point guard, but actually they started as a point guard for the first five games, then they're probably worth a pickup and maybe you drop someone that you've picked up in those kind of latter few yeah. rounds. Um, and then just working uh, what they call the waiver wire. So who's being released, um, who's injured and coming back. Um, that's really where you win. It's it's like, how do you fill the gap? If one of your main guys goes down, which will happen every year, yeah, um, yeah. you might derail your whole season. You might lose two and you're gone. Um, but, it's making sure that you can try and fill that gap. Um, one of the things I like to do is if my guy is the center for the Orlando Magic and he goes down, I try and find who the backup is so that yep. that way I can fill in and then swap them out. I mean, it sounds pretty basic, but it, um, usually... I haven't thought of that. I'm glad I hadn't so, thought of that at all. Yeah, so who's going to replace your guy? So just just kind of being aware of it. Um, uh, use um, Bleacher Report is, is one that um, pushes injury notifications to you. So um, as soon as someone goes down in a game or something, you know straight away that you can jump on and like quickly do the research. So yeah. this is if you want to get fully addicted. It, yeah. it Your wife's be- trying to text message you in an emergency about, you know, something's burning <laughs> and, and bleach is, wait, wait, give me 10 seconds. I'm just on the wave of white. She's very, she's very, she's very used to the, uh, to the fantasy basketball. So um, it's, it's part of, part of, part of the crew. So um, I've, I've played lo- in that longer than I've been married to her. So she knew that. Amazing. When we came in, All right? That's amazing. Um, so despite you yeah, constantly losing, she still stayed with you as well. Wow, she's a good woman. And it, and it, and it, it's, it's quite an emotional ride this season. I'm not going to lie. So you, hopefully, you'll experience it. Um, Hopefully we'll document your first ever winning season. This is going to be incredible. You'll hand this down to your children and your grandchildren. Amazing. So, um, yeah, um, we, we're in a keeper league. Uh, so it's slightly different in that we we're on our first year of a five-year... Oh, sorry, this is the second year of a five-year keeper league. So you keep players for five years. We're playing a season for five years. Um, and uh, so we drafted last year with in mind that we would be keeping five players for the next five up to five players for the next five years so wow um, it'll be a little bit different this year um in terms of how we draft so in theory the first five rounds of our draft are already done because you're keeping your five best guys um so that, that that's another kind of um element for us where we're trying to prep and i don't really know who's keeping what and who's going to be available so you've really got to know sort of across the board all the top sort of 60 60 to 100 and 50 players at least yeah wow so pretty intense before we wrap this section up what's your uh, what's your team name 
uh, we usually have it like whoever the most creative name is. Um, and so I change, we change it every year. Um, and it's supposed to be represent. So what you're supposed to do is take a player that's in your team and that turn that into a team name. Um, so like last year, um, Zion was one of the players and one of the teams was called the Zion King, like okay. the Lion King, right? Yeah, so the, it, that kind of thing. So um, I haven't, I won't name my team until I, uh, until I've um, drafted my team. Um, okay, so fair enough. Probably um, Spun Sons, but anyway, what did you go with? I went with Dollar Bucks Buckets uh, because I love, at the moment there's an Australian TV show called Bluey and they, and they only talk about um, Australian currency as Dollar Bucks, which I just find hilarious. But we also had some fantastic names, which I went ahead and uh, did a power ranking of <laughs> uh, because I was that excited and, and bored. But uh, the name power rankings and ours, number, I mean, the rest of them were terrible, but there were three good ones. Number three, Knock him Downers, and that's good because his nickname was uh, Knockover Nick, and so he's changed his nickname. Uh, number two was Fifty Shades of Clay, which is obviously cute. Nice. And the number one was Everything's Coming Up Mills House. That was the number one name, obviously because nice. of Patty Mills and uh, Millhouse. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Um, well, so Dollar Box Buckets, they're going to win everything. I can't wait. All right. Um, so what's uh, what's and what's at stake? Are we are we playing for money? Are we playing for pride? What's uh, is it a big cash payday? Or are you you're not disclosing? No, no, no. Yeah, no. It's fifty dollars a head, and I think there's there's eight of us or six of us in it. Um, okay. And so you get a couple hundred dollars. Um, of course, I should also now that you've pointed that out. I did win the rugby league one that you were involved in, and so I did get some cash money a few that time. Um, okay. And so I've just rolled that into this one. Yeah, I was waiting for that to come up. Actually, um, I mean. <laughs> Like the amount of research that you did for that is probably yeah. equal to the amount of research I do for this and, and yeah. vice versa. So um, yeah. <laughs> next year, next year we'll get you. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's tees. So each week we're going to come in with a bet. The expert will flex on the rookie and um, we'll see who wins first. And the prize we're thinking was going to be cards from the bench is a fantastic thing that you do. Uh, and we're going to get really into the cards a bit later. But one of the best bits of it for me is that you do hats and I'm a big um, hat collector of all NBA hats, but uh, particularly Nets ones, obviously. Uh, and so you're going to give me a hat when I eventually win this betting thing. But if by some weird we'll chance... You hat, your choice. So you yes. don't even have to buy it off the shelf. I'll get you a catalogue that you've been asking Oof. for with all the hats in it and you can pick one, regardless of cost. Right? And I love that we're thinking about the detail because we know I'm going to win. And, the, uh, and if by some weird chance uh, you win, then I will be able to... I will do a custom design big T's T for you of anything you would like. It can be legal or NBA, but obviously some kind of NBA thing would be best. Maybe Devin Booker putting a crown on his head or something like that as you were crowned best. Holding the trophy, yeah. Holding I mean, the trophy, yeah. We'll capture the moment. CP3 or someone like that doing something great. Um, so this week, what did you want? Um, the, the what, what would you like to try and work out? What's the stakes? It should make it easy for you to start. I, I uh, we'll take one that's out of our control. So whoever, whichever team out of the Nets and Suns, so you're two and zero, and I'm one and one, has a better preseason record. That that person wins the week. So that way we'll finish, and then we'll get into the the real stuff later. Yeah. Um, so we, we'll, we'll we'll give you a, a one up handicap right now. And can, and can I just double check? So assuming that the Nets go, and I'm not even sure we have another preseason game. I think we do. Yeah. Yes. If we if we do, we both end up in two and one. We just look at differential as well. Like. Yeah, we'll call it. We'll call it. We'll call it a draw. We'll play for double next week. Double or nothing. We'll no, we're week. coming up with the result. So if we if if it ends up two and one, both of them end up two and one. We'll just go by we'll total differential and whoever won by the most amount of points in total. John Miller, McKee gets it in the middle for the win. Now I've got some uh, novice questions for you. Already threw a few for you at the at the top of the show just to give everyone a flavour. But I have some more, and I'm going to do it each week. Uh, first, at real Skip Bayless, blue tick. He tweeted, 
In his first half as a Laker, Russell Westbrook announced his preseason with six turnovers, one and six shooting. LeBron, zero and three for a three. Shades of things to come. Now, who is Skip Bayless and why does he hate, like viscerally hate LeBron James? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know how many people are familiar with Skip, but if you've, you've watched him on uh, uh, sort of, co- he's a TV commentator on, uh, was on a, on a TV show called First Take and ended up getting on another one called, um, oh, the name escapes me right now, it's with Shannon Sharp. Um, and it's very, as my wife calls it, why do these men yell at each other on the TV? Mm. It's literally them arguing. Um, and Skip, Skip is sort of famous for just being controversial. Um, that's that's what he does. And 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 um, but he's he, I mean, like people say he does it for ratings. Um, but his hate for LeBron is pretty real. It doesn't matter what LeBron has done over the years. It doesn't matter if LeBron just had the best game he's ever had. He's gonna come out and sort of roast him. Um, the feeling in the kind of league is that he is a Jordan man and he thinks Jordan was the greatest of all time and anything LeBron does that gets kind of inches in closer to that Jordan sort of status, he tries to pull him down. But um, it's really, it's never been, he's never come out and said that he, he, he adamantly dislikes LeBron, but um, that's kind of reading between the lines. Um, probably, not the, uh, probably not the best basketball commentator, let's be fair. I think his show is called Undisputed, um, and Undisputed. and it, was he also in the NFL? Did he do? Does he do like all sport ones? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I, like, I think I've heard him before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, which I which I really am unsure about because I'm, one thing I love about America is that they have beat writers and like here is a new here is an, a a Jets uh, or a Jets or a Nets or a Knicks writer. He will tell you or she will tell you about that team and, and that's their go-to person. And then when when we then have like a guy who just does or shows that do all of them, I just feel like you have experts kind of in that field. I, I find it hard to believe that I would believe anyone else could be that well-rounded in all of the 32 um, teams in one comp, 30 in another comp. It just Anyway, anyway. Shannon, I'm sure Shannon and Skip do a great job. I vaguely knew Skip's name because of uh, you know an interest in the NFL, but I was surprised to read um, tweets like that. He seemed he seemed really angry, and I just also find it hard to believe that you could just be alive for Jordan and Kobe and LeBron, and your outcome is you're angry about it rather than just like so grateful that you got to three see these three people play. But anyway, I mean Skip, we, Skip I talk about, about that a lot, right? As um, you know, your tweet before, I was I was sort of trying to answer it um, about who's my favorite player, and and you know I come from an era where Jordan was was Jordan. I mean he was he was like miles apart from everyone else. But um, as LeBron has got older and continued to play at the level that he does, I mean it's hard not to recognize. And look at him and say, he may, he's the best of this generation, without a doubt. Um, I was fortunate enough to be at a game in, in Boston, um, probably his best ever playoff game, um, where he went in there, they were down, and he scored 48 points, and he destroyed them. It was like no one else was on the court. And um, he's, he's phenomenal. But they're different talents, and, they, and, and to try and sort of find one. But we're going to look back on this era like we do Jordan now and say, what he did at that time was amazing. Like, and that's how we're going to look at LeBron because it's like no, nothing like this has ever kind of really happened before um, for, for as long as he has played. So mm. yeah, to your point, to, to, to hate the guy, I understand that people don't like some of the things that he's done and some of the way he acts and I get frustrated as well. But um, like, you just have to sit back and appreciate him for like how amazing he is really as well. Mm. So, yeah. And, what, and now one other question I've got, which involves um, LeBron, is I saw this amazing um, tweet asked by ESPN. Two of the most hyped NBA prospects ever, Shaq and LeBron. If they're in the same draft class, which one do you think goes number one overall? Uh, so I remember both, um, showing my age. Um, but in terms of hype, and again, it was different eras, but I mean, LeBron was, I, I was reading about LeBron, like, you know, years before he came in, even was potentially a number one. Um, right. He was covered. He was covered from a very early age. It was the, uh, from memory, it was the first ever game, high school game that ESPN broadcast was a LeBron game. Um, and so, in terms of hype, I think hype is everything at draft time, right? And and I think LeBron was just, you know, um, 
as, as famous as he is now, he was just as famous to anyone in the NBA um, when he was coming out. So I think he probably goes number one. Um, and Shaq was, Shaq was just raw power, whereas LeBron was like, felt like he was going to transcend the game and he was going to change the way that people played the game, whereas Shaq was just that big dominant center that was going to come in and tear the rims down, which he did. Um, so I think I'd say LeBron goes number one. Um, and and in and and particularly now, if if the draft is now and the game is played the way it is, where centers right. have to be at hit threes, and I mean Shaq's power would just be lost in today's game. Is is kind of that's again personal opinion, but I think um, LeBron number one. Um, love him or hate him, for sure. I, I really like both of them. I loved the question. I also just love Shaq as a person. He him particularly in the media since is just such a character and he's so interesting. And and the way that he I watched a great thirty for thirty year about. Um, him at him at, in the magic and then leaving um, Penny Hardaway there, um, and just the way that he can reflect on that and own so much of that in a really charming and delightful way, saying that you know it was just him feeling like he needed people to tell him it was his team, and Penny didn't ever really want that team. He just was happy to win championships. He was he was happy to give the ball and whatever. But Shaq didn't even like the idea that other people might be thinking that it was Hardaway's team. That he just got the shits with that, and he just got the shits that somebody else was getting paid more money than him, and he was just like, "It's all stupid," and it would have been so much better for me probably to have stayed in Orlando and yada yada yada, but um, but didn't, and you know, this is where I am. And I just I love that he could have easily. He seems like he lives in an environment, and it could easily be the guy that's just like, "That was all. I, everything I did was right," and you know, look at all the the chips that I got, and that was what matters. Um, but he was really introspective and and apologetic and. Really interesting dude, and and still so charming and funny, and um, a huge yeah. unit still. Oh, he's great! I love him so much to death. He's, he's the best. Him now, and, the, him, him and Barkley's chemistry, oh. chemistry is is hilarious. Yeah, and they, yeah. To sort of go at each other, and they're so opinionated as well. Like it's, it's. Um, I know there's, there's there was a there was a few issues last year with the um, last season with some of the younger players not liking some of the questions that were put to them during interviews at the end of games and stuff, and. Um, you know, this older generation asking the younger generation about, or calling them out a little bit. Um, but I mean, if Shaq was calling you out, man, or Barkley for that matter, I mean, you've got to listen, right? Yeah. Uh, they know something about basketball. Yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to. And also, they know something about media. So just play that game because they're playing it really, really well, both games, on and off the court. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is the WNBA. So it's, uh, it came to my attention through at BD.43. If you're not pumped about the at WNBA finals, then you are not human. At Phoenix, Mercury versus the Chicago Sky. Parker versus Surari. I've said that name really wrong. I'm so sorry. This is going to be great. They said, now, I'm assuming just because of the Suns, you're going to take Mercury? Going to take the Mercury. Um, great. I'm, I must say that I haven't watched as much of the WNBA this year that I haven't had in past years. Um, but um, anything that's Phoenix has got to be the to be the winner, right? Or are you well, I know it's a Chicago. Yeah, I'll take Chicago. I like I like the Bulls. I like the White Sox. I like a lot about Chicago. Um, and well, I know the Liberty went well, the um, but they didn't get there this year. Uh, I think they made the playoffs, but they didn't make it through. So I'm happy to take Chicago. Finally, my last question is about NBA cards. You you brushed on it a bunch of times, which was very smart of you. Pool, you think he might be a uh, might be a go at the moment because he's playing well. Cam Thomas, has anyone's got a card of him, it might be good, but. What else is really hot or straight fire at the moment that could be good in the card world? Well, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy couple of days because um, the Australian published an article on Friday, I think it was Friday. The Australian newspaper. Yeah, published an article talking about how trading cards had outperformed the S&P 500. And no. so, I, was, I, I mean, like, it, it's, it's crazy how, how much traffic I got to my website in those in the over the weekend and the only thing i can really put it down to is this articles written and produces hype and people start googling nba cards and that's kind of how it is so um that was quite interesting um so everyone should just get involved i mean that's obviously the takeaway right yes. <laughs> but um uh you know i focus my my store is is um is only nba um because that's what i know and so i i don't try to do basketball or baseball or i'm sorry i don't try to do baseball or football or pokemon or anything like that but um uh there's there's a there's a, a pretty amazing rookie class that's just come out um the first cards of the season were at least a couple of couple of weeks ago 
Um, so they, this, the kind of cards get released for the, the up and coming season. It's actually a big mess at the moment um, because they're still releasing cards from last season. Oh. Uh, and um, that was because of the shortened season, the Olympics, and um, there's just there's, there's 20 plus variations of cards coming out that have come out this year, which is a lot. Um, and so they're still coming out. Um, there's a release tomorrow night, uh, which is um, on the Panini website. So Panini is a big card distribution company and it's an online only release. So the retailers don't get it. Um, so it means that I have to get up at one o'clock in the morning and buy cards um, to get them. Otherwise I can't get my hands on them. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of cards coming out in the next three weeks. I think there's three releases in three weeks. Um, back to back to back. So um, the market is busy. The card market is starting to pick up uh, as the season starts to pick up. So um, I, I'm not going to call out any players because I think it's it pretty much the hype pretty much follows what you see in the games. Right. Um, there's probably a few exceptions to that. Um, the, the Zion, the Lamelo, um, those kind of guys who have been top draft picks or and or at the top of the highlight reels usually end up as the as the guys that people overpay for. But, um, you know, Tyler Hero, who I mentioned earlier, his cards were crazy sky high. They totally bummed and um, out. And now they're kind of ramping back up um, in the card space, but also in the NFT space for NBA Top Shot. You can pick up his stuff really cheap on there as well at the moment. So um, it's it's really just following the the trends of the games and who's, who's having a good week, who's winning player of the week. They're the kind of guys that you want to kind of get involved. So... Um, it follows the fantasy. It follows the the game. It's um it's twenty four hour news cycle. It's pretty amazing. And so whatever whatever part you want to get involved in, it's 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 pretty awesome. Now, are you aware that panini is a um Italian term meaning penis? Is it really? No, I'm it, not. Any it guy. means sandwich. It, it definitely means sandwich. That's what it hundred percent means. But um but a, it's a long sandwich, and so it's also a term for panini. So I'd just be wary on your uh, work laptop. Googling Panini all the time because you might end up being fired. Um, get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, so I think the expensive the Paninis. News, the expensive Panini. So the big news um, the last kind of month or so is that Panini, who have the so a lot of people who collected cards who call me and say I've got my '90s sets here from my garage and I want to sell them. Um, they would know terms like upper deck, tops, flare, um, hoops. Uh, so we used to have a lot of card companies that could distribute cards and now Panini is the only official licensed product to distribute um, and has been for a number of years. Um, the last month or so, there was an announcement that uh, Fanatics, um, who um, some people are familiar with if you've bought um, from the NBA store, uh, they have won the rights to um, NBA as well as NFL and I'm going to say Major League as well. So um, that will be a change. Uh, in the next couple of years where they'll take on a full platform. Um, so it's interesting. As interesting well as time. Panini? Like they'll go... Panini have lost the rights for it. Oh, so it's just Fanatics. It'll just be Fanatics. Um, it's it, it's pretty early days. Fanatics have come out and made a few announcements the last week or so just talking about what they want to do with it. But uh, it's big business. And um, the players... S&P 500, involved. mate. Well, the players' union's involved. Um uh fanatics have just done a capital raise uh with a lot of big investment companies um there's nba players that are backing some of these companies it's it's big money and it's not going anywhere so um if you're in if you're in, in, in if you have an interest in in collecting um it's uh it's pretty fun um it can be expensive um so i try to sort of tell everyone that's getting into the hobby don't you don't need to spend $500 on a box of cards, you know, buy a $120 box to start and have some fun and open them with your kids. And yeah. if you really like it then get into the more expensive stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun. It should come with a warning because I did that in, in 2020 or tw- 29. I don't know when I did it with rugby league cards, which are nowhere near as fun or as exciting or as well done or as interesting as NBA cards. And I'm now like three years into it. One, one day I was having a, a bad week. And my uh, wife found a packet of NRL cards at Woolworths and bought that one packet. And then hundreds of dollars later that year, it was gone. And then we, when we had our first lockdown year, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to collect them this year because this is a uh, unusual year. But then I also found myself spending that $120 to open a pack at the beginning of this season for no reason other than the fact that I'd already had the bite and was so excited about it. And it's great. It's a real pleasure. And opening them up, finding something exciting, doing I do it with my nephews and my son. 
all of them love it. We've all got our own decks. Like, yeah, it's really exciting. It does. It's, it, there's a nostalgic feeling about it for, for a lot of people. And I think that's what brings them back. And uh, you you grew up wanting to buy a box of cards and never being able to afford it. Now you have yeah. disposable income. The problem is that the, the box of cards has gone, gone through the roof, right? So um, just, you know, it, I, I, I put that offer out to anyone that's listening. I'm happy to have a chat if you want to get into it. Um, I'm not going to sell you the, the $1,000 box. So I'm going to tell you that buy the $100 box because you're going to have just as much fun. Yeah. Um, and you might hit a card. You might hit. A, 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 we were talking earlier before we started this. A, a young guy that I know who just got into the hobby um, uh, um, opened a opened a hundred and twenty dollar box and pulled a seven thousand dollar US card. So <laughs> it, it happens. It happens. Um, so, but like you know, it happens occasionally. Don't like any any kind of gambling. That's what I'll put it down to. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the one. I mean, that's the great thing about it. This is how we'll finish it. It's not actually gambling. You're actually buying cards, and that's the enjoyable bit. And then accidentally, yeah. sometimes you you find out you actually were gambling, and you just won accidentally, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> fun. And and you can and you can root for a player even more when you're actually watching the NBA, or or they're in your fantasy league, and all of a sudden you're cheering for a team that you don't even care about because they're in your fantasy league, and you want them to win. So yeah, that's the great thing about having all these elements of it. So. Katie B, you have been a pleasure to spend time with, sir. Um, for you ballers who did listen the whole way through, thank you so much for listening this far. May you get good looks and better boards. Enjoy your sport for another week. Get around good people on the socials like at Brooklyn Netcast. We'll talk to you next time, sports best friends. Bye, everyone. Sports Best Friends is hosted by me, Big T, and co-hosted by Ben Charlton. Music by Love Drunk Hearts, edited by Big T. We are brought to you by Cards from the Bench, and we are part of the Brooklyn Netcast Media family. See you later. Oh, you got to say something nicer than that, or more excited than that. What do I need to say? Say goodbye in a way that people you're like happy to say goodbye to people. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me today, Big T. It was awesome. I look forward to next week. It's going to be great. You just need to say bye in a really excited way, not thank me. Bye.